on the viewpoint. Every year during Mandela Month, Habitat for Humanity South Africa gets South Africans involved in the initiative to build houses during their International Nelson Mandela Build Week. Although Habitat builds houses all year round, this particular initiative represents one of their largest blitz builds to date in honor and to commemorate International Nelson Mandela Day. To achieve their ambitious targets, they make use of the help of South Africans to raise the funding required for the houses and also by volunteering their time on site during the build week as well. Under the guidance of qualified artisans, volunteers lend a hand in mixing cement, passing building blocks, erecting walls, trusses and the laying of roof tiles, among other things. On the fifth of the final day of the week, all houses, previously known as 67 houses for Mandela, are handed over to the beneficiaries at Habitat's special handover ceremony. They also have an annual NBA build in August where NBA players, coaches, guests and participants volunteering side by side with their families that will benefit them from the donation. And they have the annual CEO build in October. Quite a lot of work you guys there do, Uncle Patrick. Good evening, Patrick Gulati, Habitat for, C- Habitat for Humanity CEO. Good evening, Sangres, and good evening to our listeners. Just for the record, I can really participate in this and not feel guilty because I have built a home in New Orleans in 2017, December of that year. New Orleans, America. <laughs> wow, that's good. You should come now to South Africa. We're building here in Johannesburg, in uh, KwaZulu-Natal, in Cape Town as well. So there's, uh, uh, there's tons of places to choose from here in, in the country. Well, Lesejo hasn't told me about this, and I'm going to blame her for that. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about this week. I mean, this is obviously the Blitz build, and this is probably the, going to be one of the crazier weeks in your calendar, if not the craziest. Indeed, it's a, it's a very big one. Uh, we started off on, on Monday. In fact, it's happening all at the same time in three in three cities uh, and and here in Ekuruli it's the biggest we're building out in uh, Palm Ridge uh, at 45 units that are taking that are being built there we are doing this in partnership with the Nelson Mandela Foundation the Department of Human Settlements as well as Ekuruli municipalities along with corporate companies which uh, which volunteers their time and they come out to physically do something you see for us this uh, the, the build event is just a uh, an event, but it could, it's, an, it's an entry point for the bigger thing that we do in a community. It's not just about that event, it's about the transformation that takes place uh, after the build has happened to turn that house into a home with the homeowner. What many South Africans probably don't understand is how one becomes a homeowner because obviously they don't contribute much, if anything, to them receiving a home. So in terms of the qualification for a home, and this is obviously happening side by side, the government program of free houses, just give us a context as to how one is a qualifier for a home and one ultimately gets a home. On what basis? Well, we we are partnering with government in, in all the projects that we are doing. So what happens is that the uh, the, the Department of Human Settlements has a, a, a human settlement has a, a beneficiary list where people go and register and they are put into this list housing list, and um, and then it is them that actually you know allocate the different uh, uh, beneficiaries and say okay right these are the people, um, and so we then come in working with them they allocate that they they look at a number of things they must be these people must be South African they must um, be of uh, low income areas they 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 prioritize people like uh, you know uh, orphan and vulnerable children older people and so on so there's a there's a criteria there are criteria that are being used to select these people so we come in at a point where that uh, where that process is being done and then we take it forward from there 
Let's talk about the backlog. Do South Africans really understand the level of backlog or, or, or the real backlog there is in guaranteeing and in offering what is a constitutional right, Section 26? Mm. We're, we're, and, and you're obviously operating squarely in that space for those who need it the most because of the vulnerability of being without a home. Yeah. Man, it's a big problem. I tell you what, I think it was uh, Minister, uh, former Minister of Finance, uh, um, Manuel, mm. who said that, I think it was 2013, in an article in the Business uh, Day, where he said that the government had delivered up to 3 point, 3 point something million rand but the, 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 of houses, but the backlog had racked up to about 2, two million rand. 2 million, not rent, but 2 million numbers of, of, of people. So we have a big problem of urban migration where people are moving into the rural, in, from the rural areas to the urban centers. We have, a, we have problems of, uh, you know, of uh, lack of access to suitable uh, and affordable land uh, where people can, uh, where the government can build for the people. So uh, you find a situation that uh, people are then, placed in areas that are far from economic opportunities where they have to spend a lot of money on petrol on, on, on transport to get to work and back and so we we have we, we are dealing here with a, a, a legacy of a spatial uh, development policies that were crafted during apartheid now it, it is time now that we we need the private sector particularly the property development sector um, to really look into this uh, into this area to say if you're going to build up a, a, a block of, a, of expensive apartments let's say in Sentinel mm. or, or Cape Town wh- wherever it is what what is it that stops uh, that development from including you know your lower income uh, 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 bracket, uh, bracketed uh, uh, people mm, because mm, you're going to have mm. people there working there you're going to have people there working as domestic workers mm, working mm, in mm. shops and so and all of that so it has to be part of a design thing to say we're building integrated an, design a, exactly an inclusive kind of uh, a, a dynamic that says that our, we, we are we're together here the the poor have to be part of the of the design for the development of our country, including the provision of 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 of, of, of housing. In, On in another the, day, mm. we will have to have this conversation with the former premier of Cape Town, now the minister of public works, Patricia Delo, because mm. the, the, as soon as you started speaking about this, that is exactly what she was trying to achieve mm. with some of the land in the Western Cape, especially along the Atlantic seaboard, that for the most part is not being utilized. But the minute a program of the kind that you're trying to um, say that it should be more and more implemented, especially in these spaces where the opportunities, those who are already there and who enjoy the benefits of times past are the first to say no. Let's talk about this issue because we can't talk about housing without reflecting on the historical issues mm. that are now being faced by the current South African people. You've got a lot of government, on the one end, you've got a lot of government land mm. which is not optimally used. Yes. And then you have a lot of private land mm. equally mm. belonging to a trust or a company or in private names. Mm. For no other reason but so that it can be vacant Mm. and give them what they refer to as breathing space or give them a view. Mm. And yet, for instance, Cape Town and Johannesburg and many of your metros have a problem with homelessness. Mm. How do we address this issue? This is a habitat for humanity issue in the true sense. Indeed. It's the biggest issue that we're facing in the country. We are coming from a a, a time when we feared one another. We feared uh, living in the same place with with one another. It was a policy. 
where the poor are being criminalized for one uh, from an attitude point of view so the, the issue here is that we need to have a, a conversation to say that our destiny uh, is the same in other words both those that are poor and those that are that are richer have the same destiny and that destiny is an advanced uh, uh, inclusive and a fair country and cities and so for me I think the the biggest thing that needs to happen now in the in the issue of land is is that we need to improve uh, how the uh, government utilizes the, the, the land that they already have but we also need to help to get the private sector to come in and say we can also contribute you know the the the, the uh, you know everybody you know I, I work in informal settlements was part of the program that we do is habitat is informal settlement upgrading you, you go there all the people want you know is they want a safe and secure uh, and dignified place to live they, they they want their children to grow up in a safe environment in a stable environment and and everybody has that dream whether they are poor or not and so what needs to happen there has to be a conversation that is led and and, and directed in such a way that we all come together to realize that our destiny is the same and we need now to work together across the different classes and, and racial groups to make sure that our country progresses going forward and of course habitat for humanity is an international brand it does work all over the world mm. for the most part south africa and its challenges and how habitat for humanity works in implementing the mandate here in south africa might be conceivably very different to the united states for mm. instance when i was building homes in new orleans it was because of the ravages of hurricane katrina and the backlog of that yes for the most part south africa might not necessarily suffer for something like that except for the freak storms that happened mm. in the KZN. i just want us to paint a picture in terms of the nuances attached to the work that habitat for humanity does in south africa mm. versus the other in the, the other countries other jurisdictions that might not have the kinds of issues albeit a housing issue but the kinds of issues that inform the housing issue in south africa Look, south africa is very unique in the sense uh, that we had apartheid which was a state-designed policy to, to just exclude people from one another, spatially and, and in many, many respects. And, um, you know, you don't often find that in other parts of the world. Uh, and another thing is that, uh, you know, um, South Africa does not have a huge culture of volunteerism as, 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 as other countries have, like America and so on. And so we're coming from that background. But then, but then I need to say that what we, has been happening from across a number of uh, very prominent corporate companies, they've been coming along quite well um, in, in, in numbers, coming to sites, uh, showing, putting their shoulders to the wheel. The situation is changing. People are now realizing that everybody has got to put their shoulders to the wheel. Uh, you know, we, we're learning from other countries uh, around the world. Habitat for Humanity International is present in over 70 countries around the world and and we, we're learning from that so one of the key things that we are doing in South Africa in fact we're doing three things we, we call them ABC's we're looking mm -hmm. at advocacy which is about the issues we're talking about now how do we change policies and systems that enable the exclusion to carry on that enables the kind of uh, of, of urban development that's taking place to carry Mr. on. Mr. Kulati, sorry, Mr. Mm. Kulati, there is a caller who wants to ask a question. I'm going to let him ask the question and then you can carry on from advocacy on the ABC aspect. Mr. Mlambo, shoot, please. Hello, good evening. Okay, right. I uh, just want to ask you a question. As to help the government, 
uh, how are they going to help the government? Because now most of the prime land, the land next in town, it has, it has been tied so high so that only the rich can afford that. So now this issue of a rainbow nation will never materialize. How are they going to make sure that the poor and the rich stay together? And the same, the same thing as well. You find that there are some people who are renting houses for 30 years, and uh, out of 30 years, they still don't own the house. How are they going to limit to say, if you have got a house, if somebody rents for so much period, automatically that house is his. So that to avoid the people who are rich to, I mean, to buy all the prime land, now the land which is left is on the outskirts. How are they going to, I mean, in the, talk with the government in those issues? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Mr. Kulati, you can continue with your response to this question initially, please, and then you can conclude your ABC. Well, Mr. Mlambo, the, uh, this is an important question, and this, is, this goes to the heart of what we're talking about, uh, that um, you know, we all have to put to our minds together, you know, uh, from, from the public sector to the civil society to the private sector, to really understand that uh, this is a problem. And how do we deal with it? The prices of land, he's right, uh, are very, very, are very expensive. And other people are into this thing so that they can make money, which is which is a business a business uh, imperative. But but there has to be a realization that the issue of poverty is our problem. It does not matter, no matter how much we can, how high we can build our walls, but poverty remains a big part of us. So we have all to come together. That's, and, and, and I think it has to be led by the government to ensure that that process is, that question that he's asking is addressed and will contribute to that. So it forms part of our advocacy. That's the point I'm trying to make, uh, which I was, I was saying is as an ABC. The second, the second part, which is the B, this is the build program. You got uh, thirty seconds. Okay, build program, which is the kind of event that we that we're doing now, and other longer term kind of construction programs that we're doing. The third one is about community development, because it's one thing for the person to have the house, but they have to be educated in terms of how best they can look after that house. How can they use that house as an asset for their economic growth, so that at the end of the day they thrive. So for us, that's a, those are the three main thrusts that we're working with at the present moment. We'll have to stop it right there, Mr. Patrick Kulati, and we'll continue the conversation certainly on another day because we you haven't even spoken about Mrs. Khrotpoum. We haven't even spoken about some of the social issues that really plague mm. what government's program ought to be and these interventions, Habitat for Humanity, especially on a day and a week such as this one, are very important. But Thank we're you. And I have to end this conversation here. CO for South Africa's Thank Habitat you, for Humanity, Mr. Patrick Kulati, joining us on in Johannesburg Studios. And for that, it's time for news with Mr. Greg Host. Good evening, Greg.